BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, I'm Whitney Port and this is With Wit. A lot of you may know me from reality TV, and the reality is a lot's happened since the hills. With Wit is dedicated to having real, raw, and occasionally ridiculous conversations with the people who have had a profound impact on me. Life-changing moments, life-changing people. Because on With Wit, very little is off-limits. You guys, I have become such a pro at recording from home. For all of you guys who are thinking about starting a podcast, just doing it for fun and being nervous about having to do it from home and produce it from home, do not be. Like I've said a million times, I am the worst with technology And 2020 is a great time because a lot of things have happened and they have made it extremely easy for you to record at home. So if I can do it, so can you. And that leads me in to my topic of conversation because if I can be a mom, so can you. All right. That's the deal, you guys. If I can be a mom, so can you. Sometimes I feel like I am so not cut out for this, and I'm sure so many moms feel that way. There are moments where you just feel completely at a loss. You don't know what to do. You feel like you're failing. You feel like you're doing everything wrong. You're not showing up for anyone. You're not showing up for yourself. Being a mom can be a really, really, really hard thing. It's a complete identity shift. You have to go from the comfort of taking care of yourself your whole life and what you wanted to completely shifting your priorities and becoming second or third or fourth to so many other people. So we are going to talk all about motherhood because I asked you guys to send in your questions, any secrets that you wanted to know about me. And there really weren't a lot about motherhood at the beginning. I think a lot of people probably wanted to know just about, and by probably, I mean, they did. They just wanted to know about reality TV and health and beauty and fashion tips and career tips, but there really weren't that many things about motherhood. And I was really surprised because my whole life for the past four years has been about becoming a mom and being a mom. And so I thought, let's put this call to questions out there again and see what happens. And you guys had a ton of questions. I'm going to try to get into as many as I possibly can. If there are more at the end and I still feel like 
I have more to give, but not necessarily today, since time is something that we don't necessarily have on our side right now. But let's get into them and let's just chat. Again, I'm home alone just to set up a little scene for you guys right now in my room. I close the blinds this time because Sunny and Timmy are outside playing on the moon bounce. And one, I don't want to really be jealous of their time, but also I just need the mood to be dim. I need it to be relaxing. I've lit a candle. I made my coffee. I feel like in a more dim environment, I easily open up. So I'm trying to create the environment for you guys that I feel like will benefit us all the most. (laughs) You ready to get into it? So the first question you guys had, and actually a lot of you guys had this question and continue to have it because it's something that I haven't really come to terms with yet and haven't given a clear answer on is any updates on baby number two. So this is a hard one for me. I continue to go back and forth on baby number two. When I had my miscarriage, it was really hard for me because I dealt with feelings that I thought I shouldn't be having. I shared with you guys, but at the time it was all going down, I was slightly relieved because it wasn't something that I really felt ready to do. And when I hear myself say that out loud, I think, well, are you really ever ready for that uncertainty. You don't know what the pregnancy will hold. You don't know what being a mother to two will hold. So are you ever truly, really mentally and physically ready to bring that on? Honestly, for me, no. And I still sort of feel that way. Some people, I think, grow up wanting to be a mom and feeling like it is so innate. It's so natural. It's so something that they're meant to do and they want to have so many of them. And I never really had that feeling. I knew when I got married to Timmy that I wanted to have children. I just didn't know how many. I didn't even know what having one was going to be like. So for me right now, we aren't focusing on baby number two. We are not really trying. We're not really conscious of it. I don't really feel ready for it, especially right now. And some people may think that's an excuse, but it feels as everyone keeps saying, which is the truth, we are living in such uncertain times right now. And I just don't know why I would choose to bring something else into my life that I didn't have any control over. I feel like right now I'm spread pretty thin And I don't know why I would add the uncertainty of a pregnancy. I know a lot of my pregnant friends are very, very scared right now about what the experience will be like going to the hospital. And, you know, sometimes these seem like first world problems. There are people out there going through so many worse things right now. But going to the hospital and opening yourself up to that amount of strife that is happening right now is a really scary thing. So I just feel like the baby number two situation has been put on pause at the moment and we'll pick it back up when I feel like we know a little bit more of what the future is going to hold. And like I said, that could be an excuse. It could be a band-aid. I may not want to have a second child. There are times when I really don't, and there are times when I really do, and I haven't come to a peaceful place within it. So I'm trying not to make any decisions right now and just leave it up to fate. 
The next question is, what's the worst and best thing about motherhood? The worst part about motherhood is the lack of time that is not your own anymore. I don't think it's selfish to want time for yourself, whether that's time for yourself to work and be productive or time to yourself to sit and do nothing. I don't think that it is selfish to want to do that. However, wanting to do that and knowing that you shouldn't be selfish are different from actually feeling selfish and feeling guilty. So the worst part about it is not knowing how to balance my time, not knowing how to prioritize myself over my husband, over my child. It's just a very confusing thing to do. And I haven't gotten to that place where I'm like, no guilt, you know, being a mom is hard. It's okay to take a break. Like all those things are true, but Honestly, even right now, I'm sitting here recording this podcast and I still feel guilty about doing this. So the hardest part is just balancing what you really want for yourself and having to put that sometimes behind your child. The best thing about motherhood is just watching this little, innocent, beautiful creature come to life and seeing life through their eyes for the first time again. You forget so many of the things that you take for granted, so many of the simple things in life that these little kids are just exploring. And I think it's been so eye-opening for me for just to take the time to actually like enjoy the little things that he's discovering. So yeah, that's the best thing. And now a word from our brand partner. I have discovered the cutest new shoe collection, you guys. It's called Tamara Mellon. I've told you guys about it before, but she has the cutest things right now. I know not everybody may be in the shopping mood. However, we are all going to be out again. We are going to want to celebrate fashion and look cute and feel good. And so if you're looking for a new shoe right now, you guys have to check out Tamara Mellon. Not sure if you know this, but she is the iconic designer who actually created Jimmy Choo. After leaving Jimmy Choo, she launched her new brand. The shoes are just amazing, you guys. First of all, I wish I had these sandals called the Dusk before I went to Mexico because They're so simple. They're so chic. The quality is amazing. They mold to your feet. I have this super cute like crocodile brown pair, these slides that are so comfortable, but so chic. They just feel so good. And you know that they're amazing quality because they're made in Italy, which is the home to so many of the most amazing materials. And it's produced in the same factories that make all of your other luxury shoes, but at a fraction of the cost. You guys should check it out. TamaraMelon.com. And, 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 you guys, I'm giving you $100 off any pair of her shoes, if you guys go to tamaramelon.com and use the code with wit. That's Tamara Melon, T-A-M-A-R-A-M-E-L-L-O-N.com and use the promo code with wit for a hundred dollars off. I mean, that's insane, you guys. Who's giving you a hundred dollars off shoes? Gosh, I'm on her side 
looking at everything right now. Also, her pictures are beautiful. Everything is styled so well too, so you know exactly how to wear everything. Making heels is in her DNA, as you guys know. I mean, Jimmy Choo is one of the most iconic brands possible. So go check it out. Let me know what you're getting and enjoy. Hey guys, it's Gabby from What's Gabby Cooking? And I figured we've all got a little extra time on our hands right now. Hello, social distancing. So what better time to start a podcast than now? Come hang every Monday, Wednesday, Friday for the foreseeable future while we learn how to put those staple ingredients from your pantry to work. I'll be taking calls every podcast to answer your burning questions on what to make with a mishmash of ingredients, along with talking tips and tricks in the kitchen, how to do easy substitutions in different recipes, and who knows what else. Corona quarantine, here we come. And now back to the show. Next question. How long after giving birth did you start to feel like yourself? I would say as soon as I stopped breastfeeding at around six months is when I started to feel like myself for. And also when they start sleeping through the night. That's a really big one. I think when you can actually get a full night's sleep, you're just a different person. You're ready to take on more things. Super obvious. You know, you have more patience. So the sleep is a huge thing. And then I think giving up breastfeeding and having my schedule back for the most part was really, really, really beneficial for me. It was like a huge weight was lifted off my shoulders. And I think that if I did it all over again, I wouldn't have breastfed for as long just because you don't need to. I mean, obviously there is science out there that says that breast is best for a certain amount of time, but at the same time, a formula fed baby is just as healthy. I mean, maybe not scientifically, biologically, like I can't speak to that. But like I always say, how many people do you know nowadays that were breastfed versus not? It's not even something that we discuss and it's not something that we ever hold our moms accountable for or make them feel guilty for. So for me, the breastfeeding part was a huge, huge weight lifted off my shoulders. And I started to feel myself when my body was more myself too. When I didn't have a little infant sucking on my boobs or a pump pulling at my boobs all day long, you know, like my body was functioning for someone else. And it's impossible to feel like yourself when that's happening. So I urge you, if you're really, really unhappy breastfeeding, if you feel like you're not being the best mom that you can be or that you're not enjoying your time as a new mom and it is because of breastfeeding, I highly, highly recommend you take a look at yourself and think about, is this really worth it? The next question is, how do you find time for you? I think it's not about how do I find time. It's more about that I just make the time. It's really hard, especially now during quarantine. I get really envious of couples that don't have really children because they have all this free time to practice new things, learn new things. Like, God, I would love to learn how to play the piano right now. I would love to learn French. I would love to paint. I would love to make floral arrangements. I would love to cook a lot more. There are so many things that I would like to do that I can't necessarily do. And this is getting a little bit off track. But the moral of the story is that if you can take away anything from listening to my podcast, it is that you must take some time throughout the day for yourself. 
I know it sounds silly. It has to be at least a half hour. Honestly, before I was saying, try to find five minutes, try to find 10 minutes for a meditation. No, I don't think that your brain and your body can fully go through the motions of recovering and relaxing without at least a half hour of time. So for me, what I do is I take long showers. I read books on Audible. I lay outside in the sun with a bra and underpants on. I go on walks outside by myself. I usually don't call anyone. Honestly, for those of you who want to use your time to call people, good for you. But for me, it's more of a stressor. I feel like I'm talking all day long. I do not need to be having conversations with other people. I know that sounds selfish, but one of the things I'm really working on is trying not to really think about what is making other people happy. Like if I'm calling someone just to make them happy, I sound like such a monster, but that it's not worth it, especially during my me time. I mean, like I need my me time just to be in my own thoughts. I try to do workout classes. I just dance in front of the mirror and put on fun music. I light a candle and drink a cup of coffee in quiet. Sometimes I just go on Pinterest and surf Pinterest and just like look at a bunch of beautiful things and try to find inspiration for things doing that. I read magazines. I actually was thinking that I wanted to get subscriptions to magazines right now. I don't know how long we're going to be quarantined, but I would really love access to magazines at the moment. I think that would be a nice time to kind of just relax and escape. Okay, next question. Do you miss your past life or part of it? So 100%. 100 million bajillion percent. And that is also okay. And Timmy has helped me come to terms with the fact that that's okay. We, as you guys know, who follow have been rewatching the city and I'm watching myself in my early twenties live this incredible life in New York city, having all these amazing opportunities, dating these hot guys, like having good skin, like doing all the things in your young twenties that are what your twenties are for. And I, God, I miss it. I miss it so much. And part of me wonders if I miss it more because we're in this quarantine right now and I have no access to doing those things. But part of it is just like missing my past life. I miss when it was just Timmy and I. And if we decided on a Saturday or Sunday that we were going to stay in bed all day and watch TV, that we could do that. I definitely miss it, but I wouldn't give it up for what I have now. I need to do a better job of balancing it and also being okay with the lack of balance of it because that is making me unhappy. I think I'm beating myself up too much and that's making me unhappy and miss my past life more. But when I really think about what my life looks like now and how much love there is in it now and how much I can just stare at Sonny nonstop, watch every move he makes and not get bored. Like I wouldn't give that up for anything. And now a word from our brand partner. Confession, I use the way on Sonny's hair and it was amazing. Did you guys know actually that the ways come out with shampoos and conditioners? Did you even know that? You guys, They smell so good. Sunny's hair, first of all, is insane. You guys know it's so curly. It's so crazy. And I'm always cuddling him and I want him to smell good. So I used the medium shampoo for his hair. 
And what I mean by that is that The Way has actually created solution-based formulas for different types of hair. So if you have fine hair, they have a shampoo and conditioner for you. If you have medium hair, they have one for you. Or if you have thick hair, they have one for you. If you guys didn't know already, it was created by celebrity hairstylist Jen Atkin, who is so connected to what everybody wants. She's so connected to her following and all of it is based on what she knew you guys were asking for. They asked our community what products they want instead of just telling them what they need. This collection is also super socially connected and it's clean. It is just a one and done solution for your hair type to give it your healthiest, most manageable hair Ever. So whatever kind of hair you have, they've got you covered. They also have eco-friendly packaging, which makes me feel good because shampoo and conditioner is usually a plastic thing that you need to keep in your shower. But to know that they're thinking about that for us makes me feel better about actually using it. The fine shampoo for me has been awesome. First of all, my hair smells amazing. Even Timmy told me it smelled amazing. And it adds volume without making it too dense. Plus, it also will strengthen my strands. My hair feels so healthy. It like, I wish you guys could see it right now. It really feels really, really full. It does this through having biotin, which strengthens, and chia seed, which thickens and volumizes, and then keratin, which reduces frizz and flyaways. Plus, it's color safe, sulfate-free, cruelty-free, and it's just the best. You guys should check it out. Shop new shampoos and conditioners for fine, medium, or thick hair at theway.com. That's spelled T-H-E-O-U-A-I.com. And don't forget to use the code WITHWIT to receive three free samples with your order. Go to theway.com, use code WITHWIT, Get your shampoo and conditioner that I know you guys probably need right now. I'm sure you're running low and receive three free samples that you can store away for when it's time to travel again. And now back to our conversation. Do you have any parenting values you strive for? I wouldn't say that there's anything specifically that I strive for, like any, you know, books that I read or methods. I just want to be the mom that does not make my child feel guilty. (sighs) I just want my child to be happy in whatever it is that they're doing and know that I will support them no matter what. I mean, if they do some shitty things, I'm not going to support them. I will always love them. But I feel like I just want to really be patient with him I think that's definitely one of the values is having a lot of patience, talking to him a lot. There are so many things that I think Sonny can understand, but he just needs to be told. He just needs to be spoken to a lot. That's also something my mom told me to, to try to like explain to them what they're feeling, validate them, give them the words to express how they're feeling so that they can feel confident telling their truth and being themselves. What is the most important thing about being a parent? The most important thing about being a parent, God, that's such a hard question, is just giving them love. Like the most important thing that you have to do for your child 
is show them love, show them you care for them, tell them that you love them, give them affection even if they don't want it. Praise them when they do great things. Don't constantly say good boy or reward them with things, but tell them like, you should feel so good about yourself. Like Dr. BJ Fogg told me, tell them to shine, like give themselves a high five in the ear, pat themselves on the back, like really allow themselves to feel confident. And I think that is just the best value I can instill in them is to just be a confident person. How do you get over comparing yourself to other moms? This is really hard. I actually need to start unfollowing some people. This is difficult because I have always thought that I didn't care what other people were doing. And I think I thought that because when they were doing it, I didn't feel a need to do it too. However, that is not what is actually happening here. What's happening is I'm watching people on social media do certain things, show up for their kids in certain ways, be fully present and there for them in this whole homeschooling situation, like get them dressed cute every day, get themselves dressed cute every day. Their houses are spotless. I mean, we've talked about this. There's so many things on social media that are not helpful because they feel too perfect. And it's not because I think that they're lying to us. I don't think they're lying. I think a lot of people are super high functioning and actually live those lives. But that does not serve me because I'm not acting on it, on the things that they're doing. So I'm not trying harder because they're doing it. And then I feel even worse about myself that I'm not motivated to do the things that they're doing, if that makes sense. So I think for me, it's limiting the people that I follow on Instagram that make it seem like they have it all together. And it's just really trying to trust my gut when I'm having an issue with Sunny or I feel like I need to be doing something a certain way. But in my head, I'm thinking about, well, what would this person do? Or what would this mom do? She seems to have it figured out. I need to quiet those other voices and listen to what works for me. And I think a lot of that has to do with connecting with your kid one-on-one when it's only the two of you and you don't have to worry about if your partner is judging you, if your mom is judging you, if anybody else is judging you, just like spend that one-on-one time with them to start to get a feel how you feel best parenting. And then just try to continue to do that and know that All these other families have so many other different circumstances that work for them that make it okay and make it work for them to be these people. I have different things, different challenges that make it hard for me. So how can I even compare myself to anybody else when we're not even on the same playing field? It just doesn't make sense. So this is a good pep talk for myself, for sure. The next question, am I a strict mom? (laughs) No, I'm not. I am like the last thing from a strict mom. And I think that I need to find a little bit more of a balance because I feel like I'm becoming the mom, the person in Sonny's life that he feels like he can take advantage of, that he feels like he can be a little bit more physical with. He can get away with hitting me once in a while. He can get away with snapping back at me or telling me no or making it difficult for me to get him dressed. Like I feel like he knows because I am so forgiving that he can get away with things. And I need to stop doing that. Like the other day, for example, he 
was in the bath and he really wanted to stay in the bath and he was in there forever. And I really wanted to get him out because I wanted to go along with our routine. I wanted to do bath. I wanted to do lotion. I wanted to do story time. And I wanted it to be a nice, peaceful evening. But he insisted on staying in the bath. So I said to him, as the head of our Montessori school said for us to do, I said, you have two choices. I said, we can stay in the bath now and enjoy having the bath. But if we stay in here, that means that we're not going to be able to have story time. And he said, okay, okay, yes, more bath. And I said, okay, let's shake on it because that's a new thing that I do that I'm trying to teach him that that's what results in a deal (laughs) as if his brain can understand that. But oh my God, you guys, I'm also filming myself while doing this and my calyx and bedhead is so crazed. Oh my God. So anyways, we get out of the bath finally and I try to get him dressed. He's being very difficult. And so I say to him again, I give him another choice and I say, if you get dressed easily, help me help you, then we can do a book. So I immediately went back on the deal that we had made in the bath. And then I didn't teach him anything. I taught him that none of these things really hold any value or weight and that he can misbehave in the future and then behave again and I'll still give him what he wants. And so I really need to work on sticking to what I say I'm going to do when it comes to them because they get confused and then they take advantage and they manipulate you. And I think that's how you start to have spoiled brats. So I am working on becoming a little bit more, not of a strict mom, but just someone that sets boundaries and sets rules because I think that those things are important in having a thoughtful, sweet, not asshole kid, basically. Okay. Next question is, does parenting ever overwhelm you? I mean, you guys, obviously, obviously, if it does not overwhelm you, you are not a human being. It can be so overwhelming. There's so many nuances that make it so difficult that there have been times, especially in the past couple of weeks, where I have wanted to run out the door. And I think I've already said this, or at least I've vented this and texted this to a lot of friends. I've wanted to run out the door and just keep running like Forrest Gump. I think I said this in last week's episode. It's sounding super familiar because it's true, because I do get so overwhelmed. And I think those are the moments when you need to take a step back and take a breather. If you feel like you're with your child and you're starting to see red or you are getting snappy, those are the moments when you need to just leave the room. And either you ask your partner to come fill you in or honestly, you just do something that occupies them so that you can gather yourself and come back a better person. Because if you don't do that, you are going to do things that you regret and they are going to leave more lasting impressions. So that is my little tidbit. Don't try to fight through tantrums. Don't try to constantly ask them, are they okay? What do they need? Give them attention. Literally just take a breather. Tell yourself what you want to tell them to take deep breaths and calm down. Just like tell yourself those things, walk out and you will come back a new person. Okay, now we are going to get into pregnancy and the beginning of becoming a mom. We are doing so well, you guys. This has been really 
enlightening for me and per usual, a really good vent sesh though. I really want to go in the other room and heat up my coffee so I can fully enjoy it, but I'm not going to. I'm just going to take little sips of it so that then after this, I can heat it up and sit and enjoy it. First question regarding pregnancy. How did you know when the right time was to start trying for a baby? So I really didn't ever know. I didn't have that moment, that light bulb moment where I was like, all right, it's time. Let's do this. Like, I just knew that Timmy and I had been married for a year and it seemed like the logical time. Like, we both wanted to have kids. So it was like, let's just go off birth control and see what happens. And it happened in a couple months. And Definitely freaked out when I found out it happened, but I don't know that you ever really have that moment where it is a right time. And I know that feels unsettling. I know that you want me to tell you when the right time is, but I just can't. I mean, I think that if you're single and you feel like you want to have a child and you're getting older, like, go for it. Like freeze your eggs, go through that process, go for it. If you have a partner that you're in love with, that you've been married to for a while and you both want to have children and you feel like financially you're at a good place, like just go for it. You know, all those other little questions that you're going to have, like, am I too busy right now? Like, is this going to stop me from being able to do this or that or travel or drink or blah, blah, blah? Yes, it is, but it always is. So you just have to make sure that you are in a place mentally and I think financially and emotionally to bring a human being into the world and the rest of the stuff will just fall into place. What is something you wish you had known about pregnancy? Wow. So much. But one of the things that happened to me that is really more of like a vain thing. So I feel guilty even talking about it was when I got pregnant, I started to get all these broken blood vessels on my chest and they were everywhere. It looked like I had, not chicken pox, but just like you guys know what broken blood vessels are. They look like a rash on my chest and they were there throughout my whole pregnancy. And I was really nervous about them. And I was like, oh my God, am I going to have these for the rest of my life? And was so, so weird. As soon as I had Sunny, they went away. So weird. So it was something hormonal, something obviously having to do with my pregnancy. I wish I would have known that those were going to go away because I was definitely freaking out about them. But that's on a vanity level. I think the thing I wish I knew about pregnancy was how hard that first trimester is and how much you can't beat yourself up and how much you have to be kind of open and honest with people about what you're going through so that they give you a little bit of a break, which is so hard because in that first trimester, you don't want to tell people that you're pregnant anyways. But I think like, I didn't know I was going to be so sick and that I literally wasn't going to be able to do anything. And I remember at the time I had this huge launch with Target. I was coming out with like an athleisure collection and I wasn't able to promote it. I had to cancel all the events that I had to do. And it was a huge professional crap time for me because it was a launch of a big thing that I thought could be the start of something really successful. So I just would try to go into it knowing that there are moments that you are going to feel really shitty and 
there are, I don't know. I feel so horrible talking about this because now it just feels like, why did I get pregnant when I had that thing happen? And should I regret it and blah, blah, blah. But it just wasn't meant to be. So just give yourself a break for feeling whatever it is that you're feeling during your pregnancy. Know that you may not be so excited when you find out that you're pregnant because it is such a startling thing and it is such a big thing to go through that it's hard to get so excited to like watch your body grow and feel sick and how all these hormonal things happen to you and be like a bitch to people. Like, I don't know exactly where I'm going with that, but that was definitely something that I wish I had given myself more of a break for. What method of delivery did you have? I had a vaginal delivery. I had a very, very simple, thank God, by the books delivery. My water broke at four o'clock in the morning. We had actually just moved into the house that we're living in now. Everything was pretty much set up. We were like, you know, on full nesting mode. So I was ready, but my water broke at four o'clock in the morning. And at the time I thought I had peed my pants because at that stage of your pregnancy, like you have to pee all the time and you're like, whatever. Okay. I probably just peed my pants. I remember going up to the, go to the bathroom, wiping myself and going back to sleep and then waking up at eight o'clock in the morning and starting to feel cramping, like really heavy cramping, obviously, like what a contraction is, a really magnified version of a period cramp. So I'm like, oh my God, Timmy, this is happening. And I think when my water broke at four o'clock in the morning, that was my water breaking and that like I'm actually going into labor. Like, I can't believe I actually fell back to sleep after my water breaking, by the way, which just goes to show you like sometimes how blase I can be about things, but really shining right now, really shining. So then I called my doctor and she said, okay, just start to time your contractions when they get to this level, which I can't even remember how long they, now it is just so crazy how much you forget after having the baby. When you get to that time in between your contractions come in. So the time was getting less and less. Timmy and I were watching TV. I put a mask on my face. I showered, got everything ready to go. I remember someone told me that you need to eat before you go because once they check you in, you cannot eat until obviously you've had that baby. And I didn't know what I was in for. I didn't know how long my labor would be. So I remember going to Bristol Farms and stocking up on the hot bar. I got brisket. I got orange chicken. I got sauteed vegetables. I think I got some sort of like chocolate brownie situation. Like I just went balls to the walls. Is that even a saying? So I got to the hospital and I remember the contractions were getting really bad. And so I asked for the epidural right away because I knew sometimes it can take a while for the epidural to get to you. Shout out to Erica Chitty Cohen and her loom class, which prepared me for that because you could put the order in for the epidural and then be sitting there for hours waiting for it to happen. And your pain is just insane. So if you choose the epidural route, get it sooner than you think you need it. And then I got that epidural, started to get some Pitocin just to like make things happen because I wasn't really dilating very quickly. 
And I got fully dilated at about 11 o'clock at night. And then it was time to push. My doctor came. She was at a soccer game with her kids. And I remember being so excited because the next day was Paige's birthday. And I was like, oh my God, like I can't believe Sunny and Paige are going to be born on the same day. And so I was kind of, we were kind of like timing the Pitocin a little bit so that they could share the birthday. Hopefully Paige isn't upset about that, but I really thought it was sweet. Anyway, so the doctor comes and around 11, I start pushing and I'm pushing for an hour and a half. And I remember that just being the hardest part, like the hardest workout class you've ever done times a million. I mean, there were moments when I was like, I can't do it anymore. Like I give up. I'm done. This is just not going to happen tonight. All right. Can we pick this back up tomorrow? But I had Timmy in there and my mom and they were behind me and they were holding hands under my head and they were pushing me every time I was ready to do a big push. They would like put their heads behind me and push me up and help me and cheer me on. And my doctor was amazing. And she finally asked, like, can I do a little cut? And I'm sorry if this is graphic for some of you, but she was like, can I do a little bit of a cut? Like, I think that if we do, I can't remember, obviously, the technical name, but if we do this, then he'll come out and it will limit the tearing and you won't have to be pushing for too much longer. So I was like, yes, whatever you need to do in order for this baby to come out. So she did that. And then the next push, he was out. And then... uh, That was incredible because we also didn't know if it was a boy or a girl. So that was just the most amazing surprise ever. Like you'll never have a surprise like that ever in your life. So I highly recommend doing that. And then I remember her having to sew me up afterwards, which is actually something that I didn't know had to happen. And I remember that last half hour when you've just had the baby and you're going through so many different things physically and emotionally. And then she's all of a sudden like stitching you up like you just had surgery. And that was extremely uncomfortable. And I'm sorry, I don't mean to scare anybody, but perhaps maybe the epidural had worn off too much at that point so I could feel things more. But that was how I had Sunny. Next question. Did you enjoy the newborn days? Oh, God. I wish that I could say that I did. But looking back on them, I feel like I didn't. Like, I do feel like I want that time back. And that would definitely be a reason to have another baby because I want to have the baby and truly enjoy the cuteness of a baby. But I think that I was so bent out of shape with breastfeeding and the lack of sleep that I couldn't enjoy it. The breastfeeding was so hard for me, so painful, such an intense situation that I resented it so much that I did not fully enjoy those newborn days. And so, like I said, going into it again, if I have the baby and breastfeeding doesn't come easily, I am going to, I promise, I'm telling you guys now, I'm going to be easier on myself and I'm going to give formula because I really want to look back on those days as sweet. And I want to remember those moments because you'll never get them back. Did you have fears of not bonding with Sunny? I definitely did. I think because of the breastfeeding, I had fears of not bonding with Sunny because so quickly I shifted from giving him the nipple to pumping and giving him a bottle. I feared that we weren't going to have that natural bonding time that most mothers and children have. And sometimes I even think 
it now. Like, I wonder if we're bonding. It's so hard. He's two and a half. Like I only know so much of what he's thinking. And so I have to take like his little cues, his little, I love yous, his little, like grabbing my hand and telling me to come with him, his little cuddles. Like I have to take those as bonding experiences, but Yes, it, for sure at the beginning, I had a lot more fears of not bonding just because of that breastfeeding situation. But now I feel like we're in a place where we're really starting to get each other. It's hard. I mean, for the first couple of years, this is a complete stranger to you. You don't know what makes them tick. You don't know what they love, what they don't like, like what their personality is going to be like. So it makes the connection difficult. But just like everything in motherhood, it's all a phase. And we're starting to get to a place now where I feel like we're buddies and that feels really good. Okay. Next question. How has becoming a mom changed your outlook on the world? I think that I have just become more of an accepting person since becoming a mom. I think that being a mom is such a universal thing and people feel all the extreme highs and all the extreme no's. Like I really do think that. And so I think that I've changed my outlook and that I just have more patience for that. And that I feel like you never really know what's going on behind closed doors that is making someone the person that they are, or you don't know what has happened to them in the past. So to just like always give each other the benefit of the doubt. And I think being a mom is what led me to realize that, to have more patience with people. If someone cuts you off to like not go all crazy on them, like maybe they just had a really bad day. If someone's having an attitude with you, like maybe they're going through something tough. You know, there's just, especially right now, there's so much going on that we're all going through. It's just like, give everybody a goddamn break. Next question. How do I stay motivated for everything? I stay motivated for everything because I feel like I just have one life. I have one life to live. I have one shot to make this as happy of a life as possible. And yes, there are things that I want to do. And there are a lot of things that I'm not going to be able to do in life. And there are always people that are going to be doing better than you or have more than you or be better looking than you. But what does it matter? That's always going to be there. You can't do anything to change it. So you have to be motivated to be the best person possible because you only have this one life. And I think what really motivates me is my family's happiness. Like, I want to be a better person because I see it in their eyes when I am a better person. I see that they're happier. I see that Timmy's allowed to you know, reach his creative goals and have inspiration if I'm the best version of myself. And there are days when I don't feel like that a lot. I shared with you guys on Sunday, I was feeling like total shit about myself. I was feeling like a shell of a human being. And I was not 
motivated in the slightest. I did not get out of bed the entire day. And those days are okay, but I think you have to look at the big picture. You have to sometimes step back from all the micro things that are going on, all the little nuances that can make your life a little bit difficult and think macro. Think about what are the things that make you happy? What are the things that make the people around you happy? What from them makes you happy and allow those things to motivate you to be the best person that you can be. And last but not least for this pregnancy and beginning section is what stage was the hardest? I would definitely say the newborn phase. I mean, without a doubt, just because it's the period of time where you're getting the least amount of sleep you're either breastfeeding or dealing with, you know, keeping a human alive. And it's like a minute by minute basis. And it's just so much change at one time, literally within one second of this baby being born. It is a change in all respects of your life, not everything just environmentally, but your relationship with your husband, with your friends, with your job, with your new baby, like everything has been flipped upside down. And so that beginning phase is just such a confusing time where you're really trying to figure out who you are and how you're going to maintain balance and how you are going to continue to be the person that you were before while also making the room for all this newness to come in. It's very complicated. And so that's why I would say it's the hardest. There are so many other questions, you guys, but I have been talking for 45 minutes straight. And so I'm going to make this motherhood series another part two. Are you cool with that? I'm sorry. I just feel like my mouth is getting dry. You guys are going to start to get annoyed with how dry my mouth feels. My husband and Sonny are probably like, where the F are you? And... I don't want to bore you guys. So thank you for all these questions. Thank you for all this care. Know that you guys aren't alone. There is no question that is stupid or not worthy. And there is no feeling that are those things either. So I am with you guys all right now. I hope that this podcast and my social media can be an outlet for you. I'm trying not to take things so seriously on this medium and on my social media just because like there's enough serious shit going on. So I'm glad that I could be here to help you guys talk through these everyday things. But my heart is with you all. I love you all dearly. And we will do another motherhood sessions part two next week. Bye guys. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you loved this episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. I'd love to hear what you think and anything more or even less you'd want to hear about. Tune in every Tuesday for a new episode. If you want to know more about what I'm up to, you can find me on Instagram at Whitney Eve Port, my website, WhitneyPort.com, and my YouTube channel, Whitney Port. Peace in the streets.